Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Each month, over 80,000 people download podcasts produced from the fevered mind of Royfield Brown. They cover a gamut of topics, like maps, politics, American presidents, history, the archers, Formula One, Jamaican culture, and Englishness. Go to wherever you get your podcast and type in Royfield Brown to discover a new favorite podcast today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This week's Dumpty Dum is from Marie Ray with a theme of Don't Stop. And Dumpty Dum this week is sponsored by Patricia Malcher, who donated to Dumpty Dum last week. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the rotating cow brush who is Royful Brown, and today I'm joined by the untalented parent... Who is Jacqueline Berto in Sanguen, Brittany, France? Now, on this episode, we'll hear from Witherspoon, Polly Perks, Brian Holding, Robin Williams, Glyn Fullerlove, Shifty Davy, Richard Lucas, 
Jen, Claire Asprey, Rachel from Doncaster, Red Agnes, Jenny Holmes, and first-time caller winner Trudy from Glasgow. Yes, it is all your fault. The reason why we have such a smorgasbord, a plethora, a blessing of quarter winners this week. A now, blessing, well as, a blessing. There a blessing. you go. Blessing. Let's you call go. it a blessing. <laughs> and as well as all of those wonderful calls, we have Tweet of the Week from our Purple Pumpkin and we have the social media roundup from R. Sue, the Queen Ought Heart. Now, before we go into the whole gubbins of the show, don't forget we have a channel over on YouTube. If you type in dum-de-dum into YouTube, you will see about 20 or so different interviews which we've done with actors of the Archers. Now, when you get over there, please subscribe to our channel. If you do nothing else, just do that, and that would be wonderful. Now, and the other thing which I do need to say to you is, because we've been forgetting to say this week after week, is dum-de-dums. We need your dum-de-dums, because Marie Bray is single-handedly keeping this section of the show going. And that's wonderful of Marie. But you too, dear listener, can send us in a dum-de-dum. You can hum the theme to Barwick Green. Maybe you can tap it out on your desk. You can get your toddler with you and do a heartwarming rendition where neither of you is particularly tuneful and send it in on SpeakPipe. Just get get us in a dum-de-dum, send it in on SpeakPipe, and we'll tell you how to get that in to us later on in the show. So, Oof. And after I've done that, don't forget we'll have the Facebook roundup and we will be welcoming new members to our Facebook group on this bumper episode of Dum De Dum. But first, let's look at the weekly numberage from our Sue the Queen or Tart. Hello, lovely people. It's Sue here, Queen or Tart on the Twitters. And another week in Ambridge. Some weeks, my lovelies, it is really quite impossible to find anything funny. And I fear this is one of those weeks. Even when we thought something might be a bit of right relief, it turned out not to be. So bear with me if this feels a bit factual. Sunday night, Lindy Bottom came to the rescue as the witch at the rewilding project. She was, of course, magnificently cackly. David behaved like a complete arse, say what's new, being completely unsupportive of his son. Ruth tried to be there for Tracy and Chelsea, but I suspect the chocolate Brad bought Chelsea was the best thing she could have had. David thinks his parenting may have gone wrong. Yeah, think, David. Ben is a disaster, goes round to see Chelsea, who just wants to be left alone. The procedure is done, and the nurse is very nice to Chelsea, giving her good advice. It did feel a bit public service announcement, though. Tracy is a proper mum to Chelsea, remembering when she was little and reading Room on the Broom. Chelsea feels like a bit of a rubbish person, she says. Ben took Bess for a walk, mostly to get away from David. Vince returned from Manila, where he's been finding butchers. Lizzie collected him and they went for egg and bacon butties. Bess took her stuff from the stables and refused any help at all from Ben. She didn't want any help. She didn't want tea. Ben had a me, 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 me moment. Vince and Lizzie had a bunk up and she offered him some bonfire fudge. Then Beth texted Vince and all hell broke loose. Bridges were very much burnt. Chelsea's predicament was blurbed out and all hope of any privacy was lost. Ben threatened to see to Ben for hurting his little girl and Lizzie ran Beth a hot bath. Ben did not open the door. You'll be glad to know when Vince came knocking. I don't blame him. Lizzie told him to bugger off. The next day, an old letter to Santa turned up asking for a guitar. 
but also for his parents to stop shouting at each other. Lillian realises it's about her parents too. After some detective work with Christmas cards, they work out it was Tony, whose childhood handwriting has clearly not changed over the last 60 years or so. And didn't Pat write the Christmas card? Oh, that made my brain hurt. Anyway, it can all be fixed by Lillian buying him a guitar when they subtly find out whether he got one years ago. I am sure Lillian can be settled. I am sure that still Tony wants a guitar. At least Lillian got a pony. Natasha and Chelsea have a bonding session over hair, makeup and pink wafer biscuits. I actually like Natasha for a couple of minutes. Jolene is going to be stuffed doing the Christmas show as Lindy Bottom says she is definitely not doing a Christmas show. Jolene is still treating Tracy as though she's pregnant, but the truth comes out when Vince comes into the pub and shouts his mouth off at Ben, who's eating pie and chips and drinking a pint, courtesy of the lovely Leonard, after Jill's seep was deemed insufficient. Ben got dressed and gelled his hair up. Whoopie-doo. Vince was chucked out of the pub. It's been a long time since anyone has been barred. That was rather splendid. Chelsea goes to work at the Orangery and Lizzie gives her a non-customer-facing job filling gift bags. She tells them everything, including that Ben was the father. It is decided at Brookfield that Jill has to find out from the family rather than anyone else, and Leonard takes her out for a drive to explain. It turns out she's mostly cross with Vince for the public denouncement. Vince turns up seemingly to make an apology to Chelsea and to Elizabeth, but Lizzie chucks him as well when she finds out what he's done. Ben is family after all, and some things cannot be unsaid. In retaliation, he chucks the Brookfield Solar Panels project. Oh, no. This is all going very badly. I do hope that normal service can be resumed next week. Until then, my lovelies. Oh, thank you for that, Suey. Royfield, I want to ask you a question. Do you have a goodie and a baddie of this week? Before we get everybody else's point, point of view. Well, it's hard not to see that Vince you know, as the baddie in the last week. And not only Chelsea, but a lot of the female characters are as the goodies. In that Chelsea, considering we, at least I've said, and you've agreed, that she's a young 17-year-old. My heavens, this has matured her up, hasn't it? In terms of... Hasn't it, yeah. She said to Ben, why aren't you going to college? Get on with things. You have to this thing has happened we need to move on why make a bad situation worse you know so and then ruth ringing tracy wonderful Wonderful. natasha and chelsea what a what a turnaround natasha we hate absolutely (laughs) goodies fundamentally are leonard and all the women of ambridge leonard thank goodness you mentioned leonard that's what i was digging at what a lovely Leonard, what what a total star. And I'll even put into that, though we didn't hear her, he says Jill took the whole news really quite well. So Leonard, Jill, every woman in Ambridge, goodies, and baddie is the grey man of the village, shall we say. Ooh, Vince. But I thought David was a twat as well. And I thought Ben was struggling, but he was trying to put his own opinion on on the thing. So that's, you know... that's one of those asides, really. He's not a baddie, I, but he was just... I, I think the thing, the thing with Ben is that he's having some level of a breakdown, isn't he? Yeah, and absolutely. And I do we, feel sorry for him for that. You know, as as we said last week, 
me and Miss Christmas is that he is entitled to his own emotions, right? Absolutely. His emotions both right. should not get in the way of Chelsea's decision, but we've got to give him the right to feel whatever he wants to feel. However, it does come over now as a little bit self-indulgent, but it's because of his own makeup. He's somebody who strives to do the right thing. And yeah, sees he's strict with himself. Yeah, absolutely. As a good guy and cannot believe that he's inflicted this level of pain on somebody else, but also he's mm. put himself in that position. But anyway, you know what? Because yeah, I know. I, know. But but I just is, want to have a quick conversation with you, Roy, I, if you and, about it before the calls. <laughs> and I appreciate that, Madame Berto, because we have that many calls. It goes, there'll be no chatting, no talk about no. St. Gwen. And was it Philippe? Pascal, what was the name of the, no, the Gallic gentleman? I've got a new amour now. I went out for an evening. What do you uh, mean you have a new amour? No, I don't I've understand got, French, but even I understand what that word means. <laughs> no, I met someone last night who is the partner, recent so you're now partner in love with. of my neighbour. But it was somebody who I clicked with immediately. We went out to a, a volunteer's Ma- evening, eating pizza in our local mm-hmm. restaurant to thank us for our work at a big fete that we do every July. And this man, what a sympathetic man. I, I think Loic's in love with him more than I am. But we talked sheep, we talked farming. We'd, it was like I lived, I'd moved to Ambridge and was talking to somebody from Ambridge. You know, but yeah. when you say that you found a new more. And then he said, Loic, yeah. who's Mr. Berto, yeah. he's in love with him more than you. You know, you sound like a couple of swingers. You do know that, don't you? No, I didn't really, because <laughs> we're not at all. We're not at all. But we, appre- we both are people that appreciate male and women alike. Well, you know what? Uh, and I, each other what? more than anything. <laughs> Madame Berto, whatever you and Mr. Berto do in the privacy and the sanctity of your own home and marriage is entirely up to you, madam. But I tell you what, after saying we're going to have no time for chattage no. about saying Gwen, that's exactly what we have done. But now let's have <laughs> a little bit of this. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, Ambridge3962. Right, let's start with Rachel up there in Doncaster, which the last time I looked on a map was part of the wonderful county of South Yorkshire. Hi, Royfield, Jacqueline and fellow Dumpty Dummers. This is Rachel from Doncaster. So this was a week that reminded me how white hot my hatred for David Archer can be. <laughs> the badger murdering. Ugh. Like, I know that out of him, Vince and Chelsea's dad, he's like the least useless, but there's something about the way he does self-righteousness that just really gets under my skin. Anyway, I found it a kind of satisfying twist that um, Chelsea's going to be fine and Ben really isn't. Ben's like just embarking on a potentially quite long mental health crisis it looks like where he's got mountains and mountains of shame to deal with he's got like his entire sense of identity as this person that always does the right thing just crumbling before himself and i'm just really hoping that he gets some professional support and i I find it really interesting that helen never got counseling after rob and i kind of think steph could have really done some with some counselling when she started to have a bit of insight about what was going like she could have let's hope off like she's off having her own journey of personal discovery with some professional help but yeah I mean other than Elizabeth it seems like the script writers sort of I don't know are they a bit aversive to counselling but I really feel like Ben needs professional support right now and I hope that he's going to get it either hopefully accessing mental health services through his studies otherwise it's quite likely he's going to drop out I guess. Will Ben drop out uh, of uni? Utterly hope not but he does need help. Hatred for David what a twonk. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry I'm being harsh. (laughs) <laughs> you, you you are you are and what i'd say about david archer is this is that he heard this out of the blue and what we got was his first guttural reaction and let's be honest about it as well we all know that it was a one-off and he w- his son was on a break right i completely understand if you casually hear this your son as far as you know is living with somebody and has got somebody else pregnant, right? And especially if it's your slightly saintly son, if it was Josh, you'd be a bit like, okay, I kind of see this one coming. Yeah. yeah. But it it's the, the child you least expect. And it's a situation that you, you wouldn't wish for. I understand the guttural response. However, what was wonderful was actually to see Ruth and as we yeah. said, the women are the brilliant. heroes, calmed him down and was concerned about not only Ben, but also Chelsea and Tracy. But just going back to the fact that David received the news, it was a shock and acted like a twonk. But 
And we don't really criticise him because we accept it was a shock to him. But Vince, all the, he heard the news, he accepted the news and acted like a twonk, but we massively criticise him. Why is that? For me, that's different because David didn't then go and publicly explode, did he? That's true, very true. Right. Vince processed the information. So you, you get the shocking news. Right. And I don't think we should hold somebody too much to that initial reaction. I would like to think that if my son, daughter's in that same position, I wouldn't necessarily react in that outwardly belligerent way. But who knows? Right. But then you sit down, you process the information. It's not as if your son or daughter has become a bank robber. So you go, okay, you calm down. And then you realize that you're hearing the information post so there's nothing you can do what you've got to do is then is, is to support the people who are at the center of this david in his own way has actually done that by telling his son how disappointed he is with him which i think is kind of unfair because we all know you know how, how the conception came about vince processed the information and then still wanted to go round, knock seven bells out of Ben, and then, subsequent to that, has gone into the pub. That's completely different. It is. Yeah, I agree. But I just wanted to, to see if you thought there was a difference. So, Rachel for Doncaster, yeah, I know you, you are no fan of, of David Archer, but, but really, your ire should be directed at Vince. But anyway, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Hello all, it's Brian. Hope you can hear me over the sound of pouring rain i think next door building an ark right that is vince off my christmas card list pretty unforgivable what he's done this week which is a shame because i was hoping he would settle in but no that's it particularly broadcasting chelsea's details to the pub terrifying ben and pulling out the business deal the cynic in me just thinks that uh, that business deal was put in there so that Vince could pull the rug out from David and Ruth at some point, but but there we are. That's that's what it is. And he's sabotaged his relationship with Elizabeth as well. It's very clear where she's whose side side she's on, but we should see what happens there. And I'm worrying about Ben now. Chelsea has recovered remarkably and behaving remarkably well about what's happened and coping with it all very well, but you can see Ben isn't coping with it at all. And now he might realise that he's endangered the farm or on top of anything. I, I'm very worried about Ben now. We shall see what happens. But there we go. Yeah, no Christmas card for me for Vince. Well, I hope you keep well and must talk to you. Bye for now. Tatty, bye, Brian. Who's on your Christmas card list? Who, which resident of Ambridge is top of your list? <sighs> Gosh, you've got me there. Don't know. What about yours? Well, Chelsea, Tracy, definitely top. Oh, Brad. Fundamentally, the Horribins. The Horribins are, are top. Who else would I give a Christmas card to? You know what? I've got big love for Lillian. Considering I haven't sent a Christmas card in about 20 years. But yeah, <laughs> if I was forced to, yes, it would be the Horribins and I'd give one to Lillian. And I'm sure I'm missing somebody else out who are... Hey, I, I, wait, Lily, Lillian, you're, you're there. I think you're bringing in a bit of your Sonny Ormond love there as well. All right, now... <laughs> Thanks, um, Brian. Just moving on, because, Brian, we do have a lot of calls. So now it's Red Agnes who's going to give it to me slightly in the neck. 
Hiya Royfield and Miss Christmas in Manchester and all Dumpty Dummers out there. It's Red Agnes again. I'm the oversensitive Red Agnes this week. Just wanted to point out that I didn't say I had a problem with Rory's sexuality. What I actually said was Rory has issues with his sexuality and I was more referring to the fact that he's prepared to have sex with or maybe just hang around with an older woman for lots of money. So I just wanted to make that clear just, just so we know where we're up to. And uh, listening to all the same derivative podcasts and socially acceptable pornography. Good Lord. I had a lot chucked on my head last week. Anyway, forget all that. (laughs) What I was interested in this week is why when anybody gets knocked on the door in a soap opera, well, on the radio, it's normally some kind of old fashioned wooden door with a door knocker. Does nobody have UBPC in Ambridge? Just a question for you. I'll try not to be oversensitive next week. All right, look after yourselves. Bye-bye. Well, for what it's worth, Red Agnes, you're not the only person who's gunning for me on this episode. Thank you for the clarification. And I had forgotten about that element of Rory because we haven't heard from him and his client forward slash paramour recently, have we? Nah, not at all. But it's a good good question about the knocking on wooden doors. I've never knocked on a door recently that didn't have a bell that was a Wi-Fi bell. Yeah, You ring. push on a, a button, even in here in rural middle of Brittany, you push on a button and it rings somewhere in the house. Personally, we have three in our house because we have three three doors and they all ring in my off, my workshop So because I'm the only one who's here during the day. And then can you see on your phone who's calling? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're completely right. But it did remind me when I was a little kid, and I thought it was like the cutting edge of technology. My dad bought this bell ringer, which had pre-programmed 50 different rings oh, on yeah. it. There'd be like the British National Anthem, the American, you know, Merry Christmas, you name it. It was Everything was on this thing. Yeah. And we just thought, wow, look at us. We're so cool. Now I'm thinking back. It was so modern. <laughs> no, but actually, it's how incredibly naff and dreadful. Like, and this thing yeah. and it played out the whole tune. You'd already gone to the door, let the person in, and the thing was still going bing, bong, de, bing, bing, bong, bing, bing, de, bing, bong, ding, bing. <laughs> it oh, was awful. Right, I but love it. it. All right, so Red Agnes, uh, Mia Culpa, you are not intolerant to the likes and the mores of, of bisexuals. You're referring to the fact that this young man is this young man is a prostitute, but also is now blurring the lines between having a client and also having some level of a lover. So moving on from that, Red Agnes, but it's always good to hear your voice. Two weeks in a row. Ooh, it feels like the good old days. Hello, Jenny with a G here from Coventry. I just very quickly want to ask why has Beth suddenly become everybody's punch bag? I think she's been treated very unfairly by Ben, who threw her out. You'd think that he'd want a shoulder to cry on in this current situation. She did offer that. But he's refused and I know he's upset and I know he's going through a lot of things. But Beth is completely the innocent party here. And I'm not justifying Vince's actions at all with regard to what he did to Ben and David and Ruth. But seriously, she is the innocent party. She has done nothing wrong. I feel very sorry for her. Obviously, everybody's going through terrible things at the moment. But yeah, seriously, Beth doesn't seem to deserve what she, the treatment that she's getting at the hands of those who should be closest to her. Thank you very much. Bye. Mm. I agree with her. I think Beth has been badly treated by people listening to the the Archers as well. I think lots of people think she's a bit whingy and a bit boring. I, I agree. And also, 
she was trying to do the right thing, but it's her self-flagellating boyfriend yeah. who's just wallowing a whole in a whole mire of self pity yeah. that has yeah. uh, wrecked for the relationship. But I don't think necessarily that we've seen the end uh, of them as a couple. I mm-hmm. think Gelt says that they think there's another possibility for for Beth. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's a good character. Oof. It's Richard. I believe he's either in Lisbon, Lublin, or he's in Krakow, or he's in Warsaw, Gdansk, Szczecin, or somewhere. He's our European correspondent. Right, here we go. Royfield's about to take a kick in. Hi, Richard in Lisbon today. I didn't like the jokey making fun of Central European Polish food. Polish food is way better, <laughs> um, especially on trains where it's amazing. I'll post a link about that topic, as well as all our Michelin-starred restaurants on the Facebook group. But I'm calling in because I don't think Vince is being a business genius importing butchers from Manila, from the Philippines. The flights are about £1,000, I just checked. The visas, if they're only six-month visas, cost 250 quid. plus the butchers have to be paid 25600 a year, plus they have to have £1,270 in their own savings before they depart. If they're coming for longer term, then they're all the extra. The visas are way more expensive, like £1,500 each, plus you have to pay the NHS surcharge. So if he's flying over short term, it doesn't really stack up because of the cost of travel and visas divided into six months. If it's long term, it's just so expensive. It just doesn't really seem to add up. Plus, he needs a license to be a sponsor of the visas. And, you know, that's a expensive bureaucratic process. There was a time not long ago when people could jump on a 50 quid flight from lots of other countries in Europe, zip over here and get well-paid jobs without jumping through these massive hoops which leave the workers themselves wide open to exploitation because of the whole dark world of employment agencies and international visa migrant issues. So I'm wondering if Vince the villain is going to be moving into Philip Mossland and we'll discover that he's doing deeply dodgy stuff on the employment visa side of things. Bye. Right. Now, wonderful that we have such educated and erudite listeners here. Number one, my tongue was a little bit firmly in my cheek, Richard. I am a proud son of England as well as Jamaica. And the English are not exactly known for their the brilliance of their cuisine. So please take it with a pinch of salt when I was having a go at our at the good Polish nation <clears throat> about about their cuisine. And and I did Kind of try and make the point that is it possible to have great food on a train because my experience is, is the English one anyway you've told me no uncertain terms don't ever go there again Royfield Brown or I'll come looking for you so I will never ever impugn the culinary sophistication of Poland ever again thank goodness for that you've rescued that one Oof. the but... other thing to say just very quickly Madame Berto then it's all over to you is what an intelligent, clever man. He's done the research Indeed. on this. It's like, absolutely. this is what we love about the dum de dum caller in They do the things yeah, that you ab- and I absolutely. can't do. And Richard and I have had a very f- funny couple of conversations this week. 
fantastic. I love the way you've broken down the difficulties for our Vince and his the economics of his bringing people over from Manila. Didn't sound right to me anyway, but I think you're right. I think you're on the right track. Maybe he is a bit of a a chancer with the immigration laws, with all the rest of it. So I think it's going to be a long game with that story. Don't you, Royfield? Mm. So if Vince is connected to the modern slavery, modern indentured servitude storyline, it goes back to something which I really got from Kerry Davis once when we spoke. And he said, in the old days, when you did the script writing for The Archers, a story was like a bottle. It happened to the two or three characters and then that was that. He says now it has to have ripple effects and how it affects other people that aren't even part of it. So to that point, Chelsea gets pregnant. This is what Rose Tater said. So I'm I'm, I'm nicking this from, from Dum Dee Dum. So Chelsea gets pregnant, but has called the breakup of Lillian Russ, Beth and Ben, and possibly now Elizabeth and Vince, which shows you how these things are actually plotted now. And so to come back to that point about Vince, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that actually there is a link. And just as we've forgotten that storyline, Vince is kind of complicit in it, however tangentially, but he's actually part of this whole network as well. And isn't that just what we love about the archers? Absolutely, absolutely. And also, (laughs) again, it's just we have great listeners like like Rose Tate who can, you know, knit all that together. And Richard, who could come back to us with that professional Mm -hmm. breakdown. Great, great call. Thanks, Richard. Sorry we mocked you. Yes, sorry. Uh, well, more than the Polish nation, but but Richard is a staunch defender of the Polish nation and will have no mocking of the Polish nation. The best and the easiest way for you to record a message or a prop prediction is to go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash dum-de-dum and don't forget the T in the middle. But you'll also find a link in our show notes. And please, we need your calls in by 6pm on a Sunday UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind you need to be at least 18 to take part. Now, this is the People's Podcast, as coined by one Stephen Bowden. So there's things which need you, the people, to do. First off, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button on whatever podcatcher that you download us from. And if you wouldn't mind so much, give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes. Whoever does that, or any kind of review, even a bad one, we do actually read them out on the show. And finally, the third thing that you can do is is to consider becoming a Patreon. Patreon is a way of tipping creators like us, and there are different levels with different rewards. Now, I've been saying this, I think, in my head, but not actually on the podcast for a couple of weeks. If you remember, we had Graham Harvey, the ex-agricultural script editor of the show, of, of the Archer, sorry, on the show a few weeks ago. Now, he has got a crowdsourced book out. All members of Patreon, and the PayPal recurring donators are going to get extracts of that of that book. So there is a benefit if you give us your hard-earned cash to help support Dum Dee Dum. I'm going to do that this week. So Patreons, we do really thank you for your support. I think it's about six or seven pages. So if you go to your Patreon account, it will be there for you. If you donate to us via PayPal, I will send you that via your email to you. Also, but of course, 
if you decide to become a patron we'd be so chuffed to have your support and again we'd like to thank patricia melcher who is not actually a patreon but she did donate to us via the donate button which is on dumtodum.com so who is also now sponsoring the show we have a quick advert here an evening with Sunny Ormond, Lillian Bellamy from BBC Radio 4's The Archers. Sunny has been in Radio 4's The Archers for 22 years and is absolutely a firm favourite of us at Dumpty Dum. Yes, she's on my she's, Christmas card list. You know, she's in me WhatsApp, you know. And, be- uh, oh I'd, gosh, I'd, that is really, really close. So if you get into Royfield's WhatsApp, you know you've made it. <laughs> We are promoting an evening for her, which she's doing with Ilmington Village Hall, which the postcode is CV364LD. It's taking place on Saturday, the 26th of November at 7 o'clock in the evening. The ticket includes a glass of mulled wine and wine and a warm, not hot, mince pie. And the tickets are £16.76. So if you want to take part in that evening you can find the link in the, in the show notes can we say that or can you do that uh, Royfield yes there will be a link in the show notes this event is actually on Eventbrite so if you go to Eventbrite type in Sunny Ormond oh. I'm sure you'll find it but we'll also put a link in the show notes as well now before we go back to our calls don't forget you can also send us an email if you don't fancy hearing your own voice it says by going on to dumdydum.com but we've missed another couple of emails. So do this, dear listener, because we do like to read our emails. Send us a text message via WhatsApp on plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six, or send an email to royfield at gmail.com. So that's R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D at gmail.com. We do love getting your emails. So again, it's R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D at gmail.com. And then we'll include it on the show because it seems like our, our email system is up the fritz. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. Now, this has been an interesting week in the Archers in many ways, but one of my sort of pet Archers interests that I don't feel qualified to write up, but I keep encouraging someone to do, is differing views of what masculinities are in the Archers. And this week, I think, is going to be an absolute case study for whoever does write that paper because I think. Vince has been really very true to himself. He might have grown up in an environment or had a sort of sense of, like, part of his role would be to defend the women in his life, including his daughter, and by throwing himself his weight around and being bolshy. And I think there's a part of him that feels like the women will feel protected and grateful. And I've just loved this week. Beth and Elizabeth and Chelsea have all just said, just butt out. This is nothing to do with you, or at least, like, we don't need that kind of macho posturing, which is exactly what Beth said. Elizabeth's given him short shrift. Good for her, too. And I just think it was brilliant. And well done, Chelsea. She held her own so well with Vince. I was just really rooting for her. And I think to an extent, although Ruth has been trying to sort of, you know, keep David on an even keel, she's also not had a lot of time for his kind of, I don't know, positioning on it and uh, I feel like that we've seen a really good shift in what an acceptable face of masculinity looks like in the archers this week and no one's giving any time for that kind of all bull in a china shop 
defending the honour of my daughter type of masculinity. And good for them. Up the women. Anyway, keep up the good work. Speak to you soon. Bye. <laughs> Very good women. plan. Absolutely. But he wasn't the only one, was he, Vince, doing that kind of thing? It wasn't only he did what he did. He did it in the pub. And yeah. then it was followed by Vince, I think you need to leave the pub. Q. Yeah. That was the most East Enders scene you'll ever get <laughs> in Ambridge. A rock in the pub, other people listening to the rock and going, oh, right. And then that person then is barred. You're bad. I, I agree with Claire because he wasn't the only one that had that kind of attitude because David, to a certain extent, did have that kind of show. I need to protect somebody. I need to do something. Ben was a bit like that as well. He kept turning up at Chelsea's door and turning up at Chelsea's appointment. Or was that last week? Men. Men! Why are you married to one? I don't know. I often wonder. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to us men, right, for every Vince, there is a Leonard. That Oh, thank goodness for that. Yeah. Um, mm. I know. I, I love Leonard and I love his character. And in fact... I think of my dad every time I think of Leonard, so he's always going to be in my heart. <laughs> Thank you for that, Claire, and I agree with the sentiment. Let's say it one more time. Up the women! Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. <laughs> Greetings, Roy Phil, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. First, a shout-out to Chelsea for surviving an incredibly stressful week. You had to go through a late-term abortion, go back to school and work, endure finding out that a horrible man shouted about your very private matter in a crowded pub, and then listen to a half-hearted forced apology from him. You're a better person than me, Chelsea, because I would have told him to take a long walk off a short pier. Second, Ben. I know some Dumpty Dummers have felt there has been too much attention paid to Ben's emotional journey here. I don't feel that way. I think it's been good that the program has shined a light on both potential parents' emotional reactions. And remember, the show is called The Archers, and as Royfield has pointed out, the Brookfield Archers are at the center of the program. Some Dumpty Dummers have also felt that Ben is being overly dramatic and self-centered in his emotional reaction, at least partly fueled by his family having put him on a pedestal of perfectionism. Again, I disagree. I think his own striving to be perfect and a quote-unquote good person came first, and then his family and friends developed this perception of him, which in turn fuels his motivation to maintain perfection. I suspect there's some OCD behavior mixed in there as well. His major slip-up in behavior with Chelsea, the unwanted consequences and impact on Chelsea's life, have led to a great deal of self-punishing thoughts and depression. Punishing himself has also led him to punish Beth, despite his desire not to hurt her. This leads to a brief word about Vince. Never liked him much, and never thought he was a good match for Liz. On the September 26th Dumpty Dum, I predicted that Vince would erupt like a volcano when he found out. There's one prediction come true. I hope Liz dumps his ass. Talk to you soon. 
Uh, you know what I really found quite interesting about that call? I agree with everything that he said. He called Lizzie Liz. I know. Well, that was the only thing I took out of it because I agreed with everything. But yeah. I've never heard anybody call her Liz. <laughs> exactly. It's either Elizabeth or Lizzie. Yeah, exactly. And not mm. many people call her Lizzie even. Yeah, I think it was Nigel called her Lizzie. I think. Yeah, mm. probably. Did. Anyway. But mm. yeah, but a brilliant call with a spoon. It's always great to have a professional psychoanalyst uh, point of view, sports therapist <laughs> point of <laughs> Now I'm confused. <laughs> point, of, point of view. But yeah, why are we only taking away from the fact that you called her Liz? We agreed with everything that, that he Absolutely. said. Great analysis. Uh, of Ben here utterly yeah. great analysis of Ben and I did put out yeah. I did say last week you know we, we do need a little bit of a a, a professional therapist view and, and, and our Ben and there we go there we have it there we go right so Mr Spoon in the upper low east west side hopefully sir I'll see you before the before the end of the year I plan Ooh. on swing swinging by New York and it's Ooh, lovely little exciting. bit of New York where where Lonnie lives so anyway Greetings, Royfield and Jacqueline. Jen here calling in. Been a very grim few weeks. Keep waiting for it to kind of resolve or or get happier. And every night, Ben and Chelsea don't really like how they've done it. I think if they were going to be, in inverted commas, brave enough to go there, they really should have gone there, which would have involved us maybe hearing the conversation with the doctor, understanding what it was that Chelsea had to go through, not just hinting at, oh yeah, she'll have to be induced. More information on, you know, Maybe Ben questioning, well, what was it? Was it a boy or a girl? You know, they decided to go there and they decided to go way past 12 weeks, you know, right up to almost viable. I don't think they really did it justice. So anyway, I hope that's done and dusted and they move on, but I don't think it's going to be. I think Ben is suffering from what's known as disenfranchised grief, which is when you've had a bereavement like this, but society kind of says you're not allowed, you're not entitled to those feelings. So for some reason... The death is seen as, you know, not legitimate. So I think that's quite a difficult thing. And I think Ben's going to really struggle, but I don't want to hear it. I wish they'd just both go on and be happy. So the only storyline I'm really enjoying is the cow brush. I was delighted with the cow brush storyline. I love to think of the happy Brookfield cows all getting a good scratch. Cows love a good scratch, especially around their heads. So yeah, bring on more agricultural storylines and some more positive ones, please. I agree with Jen. And in fact, I'm going to revert back to my week, my call in last week when I wasn't here, because you and you said that I I was being miserable about it. I found it really tough. And I think Jen has too. the whole storyline, the hanging on the late abortion. It's been very, very difficult for a lot of us to handle. And I have to say, I know it's very sexist to say it, but a lot more women have expressed their dissatisfaction with the storyline dragging on than men. As Jen said, the story scriptwriters could have gone a bit further, but who am I to criticise them? Because, but uh, good call, Jen. Thank you, Jen. We thank you for your call. We always love when you call in. Now we're going to go to Glyn Fullerlove. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. Well, it was quite a week in Ambridge, and we must start with Vince. And he was clearly, well, so far out of order that he wasn't even on the order paper, if we can put it that way, this week. I, whether his 
relationship with Elizabeth can survive this is, I think, must be seriously, seriously questioned. Ben, you know, one can be sympathetic towards Ben, but I do think he does need to get himself back to uni. He does need to start re-engaging. Chelsea has started to re-engage, and I think, well, with life, and I think Ben needs to very much follow follow her lead. I can't see him getting back together with Beth, though, which may leave the field clear for Josh and Beth, which always seemed a possible relationship to me. No doubt in the fullness of time, we shall find out. A good week in Ambridge to all, and thank you for the podcast as ever, and hopefully speak to you again soon. Can I just say, Mr. Fuller Love, and I know this has been said a few times before on the podcast, I want no more partners going from sibling to sibling. Like, come on now. <laughs> come on now. I, I, I literally would have to suspend listening to the archers for a prolonged period of time if Beth ends up, you know, I will, I will maybe allow an odd furtive kiss, but then they both need to recoil and say, no, we can't do this. You know, we've had Steph and Beth, and of course you had the Grundy boys. Enough of that. Well, you've you've taken the, my breath away, Royfeld, because we haven't ever had a partner transferring to a parent. That's always another storyline. Like a mother having a relationship with her daughter's ex-partner, for example. And let's, let's think who in, in the arches. <laughs> no, don't go there. I'm just... No, I agree. I don't. I don't like the idea of another sibling-sibling exchange. But yeah, anyway. it's just a bit, Rex, bit icky. R- yeah, exactly. Rex and God, Toby, Toby and yeah. Pip and was Pip. enough of a problem for yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. Hello, Royfield. Hello, Jacqueline. It's Shifty Davy here from Fife and other places. It's been a very long time since I've called her but I've been enjoying the show very much and enjoying the arches. I am calling in this week because I want to talk about Vince and Ben, the turn of Vince into this sort of patriarch and slightly monstrous figure. I think it's a brief turn. I think they're setting us up for him and Ben to have a heart-to-heart for Vince both to understand the situation, but also to be able to help Ben as a kind of wise old head in such a way that he is able to go back to Beth. Because I do think that Beth is the ultimate. I think Ben and Beth are the, are the, are the golden couple of the future. I think they're the David and Ruth that we're being sort of set up to follow over many, many years. Really enjoying... Dumpty Dum, thank you very much for continuing to do it. And I'm looking forward to listening to this week's show. Oh, brilliant call. Shifty Davy. thank you for calling in after such a long time. What a positive call. That's what that's what I like about <laughs> our Dumpty Dummers. They come up, you know, we're all very negative about Vince. And there's Shifty Davy saying something very positive about him. You know, and the the future. I, I also believe that Beth is part of the future. I don't think she's going to disappear. Mm. How about you, Roy? I'm inclined to agree for no other reason than when a character comes in with other characters part of their family, you've got to think they're going to be around for the long haul. 
Yeah. 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 You know, as opposed to a Jacob type character who comes with no extended network around him. So it's much easier for that character then just to disappear. Oh, I've got a job with another veterinary practice and they're gone. A bit like the previous vet did. Anisha. uh, Who had a quick Anisha, yeah. Who had a quick relationship with our Rex and then skedaddled. Absolutely. No backstory. I just think we mustn't forget that Vince has got his mum as well. He's got his mum. And, of course, there's Steph to to come back into things. Yeah. They're not going to disappear, are they? No. Uh, So I think that would be a great way of having some level of resolution because Vince has actually shown us that he can reflect on things. Remember the whole Steph and Beth fallout? And he sat down. And he worked out who who the troublemaker was and actually told her firmly, but in a fair way, she needed to stand on her own two feet. So Vince does have it within him to reflect after initial... Yeah, but he didn't this week. He was a right twonk. But so, so maybe a Vince and Ben rapprochement is where this is going to go. Me, considering that I was like unicorns and fluffy cows and rainbows, I'm all up for, you know, especially men hugging it out, fisticuffs beside them. So Shifty Davey, I hope you're right. Well, hi there, it's Polly Perks here, Paul Newman. I think the most interesting thing is that someone has remembered the grey man the grey man alluded to by Blake as being somehow involved in slavery. Now we know that Vince owns slaughterhouses. And somebody has been speculating that he might be the grey man. He's clearly in for his comeuppance. Lizzie will have nothing to do with him. David and Ruth, of course, could always get the money from Peggy, who's got oodles and doesn't know what to do with it now. She's not paying for a window. But nevertheless, I think Vince's rise and fall has all happened this week. And so it'll be interesting to see if if there are more skeletons in his cupboard. Thank you for keeping up the good work and hope to speak to you soon. I like the fact he said cupboard, not closet. Well done. Let's keep this British English, shall we? No braids. Let's stick to the plaits. It's trousers, not pants. Just saying. Polly Perks, yes. You and Crumbs. Who was it who also mentioned that this could be... Was it Richard? Was it? Yes, it was Richard. It was Richard who the basically said there could well yeah. be a link. So, so Polly Perks, we thank you for a, a wonderful call. Rob Williams, now is your time, sir. Rob Williams speaking. I'm just phoning Saturday morning because various reasons. Didn't get to listen to the episode last night. But what does occur to me is that Vince has gone in and said that he's pulling the funding for the solar panels. David's going to react in his usual way and fly off the handle with Ben. Ben is already blaming himself for pretty much everything at the moment. And so I'm wondering whether this is going a bit dark, whether we're looking at the possibility of a suicide storyline. Fingers crossed it doesn't turn out that way, but hey-ho, perhaps somebody with the experience of our Witherspoon might be able to shine a bit more light on that scenario. Anyway, I hope everybody's keeping well. Take care. See you soon. Bye. I, mean, I am concerned about Ben's mental health. I don't think David and Ruth are up to supporting him. Leonard's trying his best. Lovely Leonard. He's done, you know, he did a great thing. He did a classic older person's way of trying to 
bustle him out and take him to the pub for a pie and a pint. But I, I think Rob is onto something there, and I think we need some help from Witherspoon about where this might go and how Ben could be helped. Be good. Mm. And talking about Ben and his mental health issues, I've never thought about it until now. Ben is a nurse. Ben wants to do good professionally. He wants to help and cure. And he's seen himself as actually being completely not to the opposite. So hence his kind of existential crisis, which, which he's having. And he's a perfectionist. I think he comes across as somebody who wants to be good. Mm. He kind of mocked himself about being the good person in last week's episode. But no, he he wants to be good. So I think it's a a real crisis for him. And I think he needs help. We have our very last call is Trudy. And Trudy, she makes a mistake though, Jacqueline. Can you spot Trudy's mistake in her call? Hi, it's Trudy from Glasgow here. I'm a first time caller, but I had to call after last week's podcast. I just felt that you both handled the abortion discussion really well with real sensitivity. And it was interesting to hear Roy Field's thoughts on how Ben was handling the whole situation. I really enjoyed listening to the discussion and I think I'd love to hear Miss Christmas join Roy Field and Jacqueline as a regular member of the podcast. This week, I also enjoyed hearing Chelsea talk with Natasha. It was nice to hear her taking a positive approach to move on with her life. And when I contrast that with Ben's behaviour, I do start to understand why some of the fans find him a little self-absorbed. But I have always viewed Ben as a really sensitive character, and my suspicions were that he he would struggle with an abortion if that's what Chelsea's decision was, which ultimately has been. I do also find it odd, as many of you have mentioned, that Chelsea appears to have no friends, that she talks with Natasha and other members of the village rather than speaking to her college friends. But I have noticed that that seems to be quite a regular feature of all the youngsters in the archers, and it may be because they are villagers. It's Or the scriptwriters just forget that young people should have friends. Finally, I, along with many other listeners, I suspect, am positively hopping with anger at Vince's outburst last night in the bull. He's aired Ben and Chelsea's business for all to hear, including the local village gossips. And I do suspect that there will be very little repercussions for him as an outcome of this. Well, that's all for now. Cheery bye. I love a cheery bye me. Colorinera. We're called Colorinera's. Trudy, you'll you'll know next time. And Royfield Tuesday has rules about first time caller in a row, so yeah. Well exactly. But thank you for caller in a row, Trudy. A first timer. We love a first timer. Simply because it means that our community is growing. Thank you, Trudy. Welcome to the gang. If we dealt with caller in a row, it must be time for our emailer in a row. What do we have on the docket? Well, we have just one. No, we haven't. We've got two core email winners this week. And one is from our Theo, Purple Pumpkin, who often does our social media roundup. She wrote in to give her views on several things. She says, hi, Rayfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's your loyal listener, Purple Pumpkin, here with three thoughts about this week in Ambridge. First things I am glad about. I'm glad Chelsea did have the termination with her mum by her side and without complications. I'm also glad that she got to talk to Natasha about it afterwards. And I'm glad that Ruth and David are worried about Ben. Because 
My second point is that I'm very worried that Ben is going down a storyline of young men and their mental health. I really don't want him to even attempt suicide, but I'm worried that is where his head is. And the third concern I have this week is about Vince Casey. It was bad enough that he wanted to thump Ben, not just in the first flush of anger when he first learned about what he'd gone had gone on, but again, days later when he saw him in the pub. But to shout out Chelsea's name and the situation in the pub is entirely unforgivable. I can't actually believe Elizabeth will forgive him, and I truly hope not. Well, that's it for this week. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. And thanks to Julia for last week. Your pal, Purple Pumpkin. And we also had a message from Philippa Verica, which arrived just too late for last week's show. So the subject is Chelsea forward slash Ben forward slash Ruth. Hello, dear podcasters. So the first two, I'm not entirely sure about the outcome forward slash process. Hasn't Chelsea left it a bit too late? For Ruth, bless her. Her cooking was never her strong point. She appears to have branched out to lasagna now. I think I'll pass. Thanks. Sorry, sorry. One more. I'm guessing Mia is after a bit of hump sabotory. I think you're right on on all of those. But Philippa, so sorry that we missed out your your email last week. And don't forget, folks, if you want to send us in an email, do go to the contact us, but cut, copy and paste your email into another email and also send it Royfield, R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D at gmail.com. Or you can do this via WhatsApp on plus four, four, seven, nine, five, seven, one, six, seven, six, nine, six, because we need to get to the bottom of the reason why we seem to be missing so many. Now let's hear what our Facebook posse has been talking about on Facebook. Hello, my lovelies. Siri here, Queen Otter on the Twitters, with the first week in November social media roundup. I've tried to pull some joy from the Facebook group this week, but it's all been a bit grim. Let's start with David Mullis, who said the longest odds on the next Ambridge breakup. 5,001, Jill and Leonard. 2,001, Pat and Tony. Is she still denying him sugar? Odds would tumble if that case. And a thousand to one for Joy and Nick. This could be an accidental death plugged in power tool dropped in the hot tub by Henry. Rob Williams added, one in ten, Vince and Lizzie when she hears about the solar panels. Kate Lyle said she thought they'd broken up already. And Charlie Vince said Vince couldn't contain his inner thug forever. And Kate replied yes, and the scriptwriter's inner snobbery couldn't be contained forever either. Still with Vince, Lucy Knight, I've just started my annual Gavin and Stacey-a-thon and on episode two I super recognised the voice of Gavin's boss as a certain overprotective and appallingly behaved father from the Archers. I think I'd better get my watch of Gavin and Stacey underway. Sandra Jenkinson's pointed out that Chelsea got mustard flowers on her plate. You have to love Tracy. Then had to explain that she'd used a squeezy bottle of mustard to make the shapes. Oh, Tracy love Mike Jennings said that I still think Vince is the grey man. Blake and the lads ended up working at a meat processing factory ages ago. And what business is Vince in? Mm. Haven't listened this week yet, but just from people's posts, I gather we've seen his nasty aside. Well, you could say that. Jonah Titchmars added, I also predict he shot JFK, kidnapped Sugar and stole the bunting. And Lilycloth pointed out, well, he may have done the first two things mentioned, but not the latter because we know that was Jim. I never believed. Jen Reed said, so many characters to love this week. Tracy for being super mum, 
Chelsea for picking herself back up and being optimistic about her future, Natasha for giving up her time when I'm sure she'd far rather be using her child-free time to sleep, Leonard for trying to cheer up Ben, the list goes on. And Heidi Griffiths said, do I get a star for my first ever correct plot prediction? You can have all the stars, Heidi. If you've not been to the Facebook page lately, come on over and join the chat. We love having new people join in and established people come back. And we've got lots of new members coming in every week. But remember, to play nice to each other, we're all feeling the stresses of the world right now. And there's been a lot of difficult subject matter. Stay safe, my lovelies, till the next one. Thank you, Suey. This week, we have four lovely new members on Facebook, and they are... Matthew Greer. Mary Jane Tyler. Helen Isherwood. Kate Kendall. So, Royfield, have we had any reviews, good, bad or ugly, this week? Absolutely diddly squat. So, good people, but this is we really, we really do need you to rally to our cause here. Please go on to Apple Podcasts, and you don't need an Apple device to be able to send in a an Apple Podcast review. There's a link as to how you can do it in the show notes. It's really important. It's a way of expanding our reach. Come to the aid of your favourite podcast by writing us review next week, and we'll read it out, folks. We are on Twitter under at dumdydum we always include the archers hashtag using a capital t and a capital a so the visually impaired can enjoy any archers based tweets also the hashtag is your opening for the tweet along both in the evenings and during the omnibus please try and include at dumdydum in your tweet so more people get to see it and it helps to grow our community on twitter now talking about twitter as well as being at Dumdum on Twitter, Madame Berto, how can people find yes, you? Yes, well, I tweet about lots of non-archer stuff, but you mustn't let that put you off. And I can usually link it back to my beloved docudrama, and I am at Jberto Sanguen. Talking about Twitter, it's time for Purple Pumpkin to tell us who's going to be crowned as Tweet of the Week. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. This week, there's been a lot of discussion about possible alternatives for Twitter for those of us who enjoy the tweet-along, with discussion seeming to focus on Mastodon and Counter.Social. Perhaps as our digital guru, Royfield, can advise us on where it's most likely to provide a new home for the Twitterati. For now, many of us are hanging on with Twitter, although a number of our favourite accounts have already been closed. Shout out to at Biffoprop Richard Beveridge, who is no more on Twitter. Now, if Philippa were still hosting, I'd suggest we take a diversion to discuss the relative appeal of toffee apple brownies. But as she isn't, let's go to the medals, with my thanks as ever to the posse who helped me identify tweets of the week by highlighting them to at Dumpty Dum. In bronze position, it's Julia Lee, at Julia Lee Author, replying to... Buggy Swires, who asked if David read the contract before going into business with Vince. Isn't that one of the Archer's bylaws, posted on the Village Green notice board as a reminder? Never take qualified advice, never read the contract, never question someone's motives except when jumping to absurd conclusions, always blab and dob in horribins. In silver, it's Lefty Laney at Elaine Wharton 1, who takes us to the hostel scene. Is the drip in the way? No, he's the father. Sorry. 
and in gold from a very strong field expressing disbelief at David's idea that he and Ruth are good parents. It's Ian Kernow at Kernow27. David, you poor little poppet. Hope you feel better soon, you snarky twat. And just so you know, you're shit at being a parent. That's it from me for this week. See you all again at the next tweet along. Musk willing. Don't forget, folk, if we talk about social media, we're also on Instagram where RKT does a bang up job of alerting people not only to the archers but also to Dum De Dum. So if you like a little bit of Instagram action, follow at Dum De Dum on that social media platform. And we'd like to express sincere thanks as ever to our all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy B. Freeman. There you go, folks. That's been your dum-de-dum. It was a good week in Ambridge, but also I would just like to say something a bit personal, but it's it would have been my eldest daughter's 38th birthday today. I've had a good and a bad day, but recording this always lifts my spirits. So thank you, Mr. Royfield Brown, and thank you to the Archers and the Dum De Dum people. Ah, oh, I know you went through something which no parent wants to go through last year. Being a parent is on one part about raising and bringing into the world and doing your best to instruct a new life. But it's also about letting go and also realize the limitations of what we can do as a parent when that person becomes an adult it's not that we leave them to do do their own path they have their own path and no parent should ever see the death of of their child let alone in the circumstances that you did and I've always just marveled as to how stoic and strong you've actually been through that and it shows the love that you have for your daughter is is really mirrored with the the love that you have for your granddaughter, you know, yeah. and, and what a vital part my of your life that she as is. Well. Yeah, yeah. In fact, when David asked Ruth, or he made a statement, I thought we were good at this. We all, as parents, assume we're good at it. Other other things come into it, but you know, it's one of those things. So, mm. but for me today has been a hard day, but I've really enjoyed recording this. I've been probably been too blathery. Sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> but thank you, Dumpty Dum, for all the support that you've given me over the years. Ah, uh, well, I, I forget who who said this many moons ago, but they they said Dumpty Dum is actually group support and group therapy. Indeed, yeah, and and really ultimately. Is. That's really what it is, that we're incredibly inclusive as to who's part of of the family. And listening to the archers gives us the ability, the permission to actually talk about how that story has affected us emotionally, historically, and, and how we've coped with that and what we gleaned about life or ourselves through that experience as well. So dumpty dum, it's not it's not a podcast, it's group therapy. Yeah. The women. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 